0: This episode is brought to you by Houston Lucky of Keller Williams Realty. If you're looking for that dream home or that dream piece of property here in the beautiful state of Alabama, email him at HoustonLuckyKW.com for the rest of his contact info. And also, what's family if they don't believe in you? So thanks to Cantley Pittman, my brother, for sponsoring us. And last but not least, thank you to the Frosty Mug, a local staple, a local legend. Some of the best burgers, fries, and onion rings, and milkshakes around. Go check them out. Enjoy a view of the Warrior River. Enjoy their food. And most of all, keep supporting local businesses. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you for believing in us. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We hope you all enjoy. words of pop star jason aldean we back i'm your host drake Pittman.
1: <laughs> our co-host shane murray
0: this is season four of past the jar we're so glad to be back it's been a long break we told y'all we were gonna take it don't be mad we gave you a heads up but our guest for this season opener he was supposed to come on last season but we had like scheduling conflict after scheduling conflict but when i was going through my list i was like that's my season opener but he is the owner, and operator of Goate Screen Printing and The Cigar Box. This is Sean Doss. Sean, welcome, man.
2: Hey, glad to be here, brother.
0: Very glad you're here. Uh,
1: I'm scheduling conflicts. That'll happen with such
0: a polarizing <laughs> figure.
2: <laughs> yep. I mean... Yeah. I can't remember what happened last time, but yeah, it was like a last minute thing. It messed us all up.
0: It was like you went on vacation then when it was time for... Like when I the date I told you I was like well never mind we just scheduled a vacation and then <laughs> yeah just went back and forth I thought like you know what we'll do it next season that's right <laughs> we got it done now we are here now must be
1: yeah. nice being travelers
0: Absolutely. y'all enjoy that yes uh, yeah as much oh, as I can like Chris Staples has said I'm a traveler oh god <laughs> right, is that what
1: is that what this season's gonna be you just making country music references
0: the whole time? Possibly. I like it. I'm a fan of it. I'm here for it. (laughs) I'm just, I'm glad we're back. I know we did like a little tweener pod but the energy when you have the people why Pass the Jar was started Mm -hmm. is just totally different and I'm I'm glad you're here, Sean. Uh, For those people that don't know you, uh, tell them who you are, where you're from and what kind of got you into where you're at now.
2: All right, so uh, I'm originally from Coleman County. I've been here in in walker county for oh goodness 15 plus years uh but grew up in Hansville garden city area pretty much it's where my family's from and um, moved out here 15 plus years ago to be the youth pastor at mount vernon baptist church up in curry across from curry high school and so that's what got me to jasper and um you know i never thought i would stay this long in jasper you know i thought it would be i come bounce after the church three or four years and move on somewhere else but Walker County's got one of them special ways of drawing you in and mm. <laughs> not letting you out. You so You get I've them been roots for... <laughs>
1: planted, and they, they just don't want to come up.
2: Yeah, it's like 14, 15 plus years, <laughs> and I'm still here. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, we just, um, um, I, I, I'm trying to think of, this is around 2002, something, something like that, uh, or 2005. It was, it, was, it was a long time ago that we rolled into town, and, and we've been here ever since, and it's home now, and uh, we're we're glad to be here. It's been a lot of fun, and made a lot of good friends, and uh, it's been it's been a uh, interesting journey to say the least. <laughs>
0: so, what kind of drew you to Walker County? Was it just you know like to, obviously job? Yeah, but it was to, it what was what the primary
2: thing. I was in I was on staff at a church in in Coleman County in, at my First Baptist Church in Coleman County, and um, the church over here contacted me about coming over here full time and. And uh, so I'd never spent a whole lot of time in Jasper. You know, been from Coleman County, Coleman County and Walker County, are very similar. And so there's really not a whole lot of difference enough to just drive to Jasper just to be—I mean, go to y'all's Walmart instead of my Walmart. <laughs> I mean, that's not a whole lot of difference. But so I never spent a lot of time over here until we moved over here, and uh, and so um, you know, it, it, I mean, it was an easy transition. But yeah, went on staff at Mount Vernon uh, for about four or five years, and uh, was youth pastor there, and uh, and after about four or five years, I'd, I'd always done mission work uh, with the students at Mount Vernon, um, but also, in addition to that, I was um, leading mission trips uh, with North American Mission Board, doing stuff with them, and so uh, that kind of grew into a passion to want to do mission work, and so uh, I left Mount Vernon and started my own full-time missions organization, uh, called Hope Missions. And we, um, started off doing mission work primarily in the Southeast. We did a lot of mission trips in New Orleans and Panama City, Florida, and Louisville, Kentucky, uh, Macon, Georgia, um, all around parts of Arkansas, just all around the Southeast primarily. And, um, we were able to help a lot of smaller churches do mission work that they couldn't do before because they couldn't afford it, didn't know how to do it. And uh, then those same churches were like, well, hey, we want to go out of the country. And so, okay, well, where you want to go? I want to go to Haiti. I'm like, let's go to Haiti. <laughs> and so we would just uh, <laughs> uh, started planning trips internationally. And long story short, at the, at the heyday of it, we were doing between 15 and 20 weeks of mission trips a year and working in about 12 13 different countries all over the world and did that for a long time so i left mount vernon started doing that full time and um about the same time or maybe a little bit before uh i started doing the mission stuff uh i had started a little t-shirt company and i had a friend of mine that we were partners together and Printed t shirts in his basement, and for me, it was just a way of making side money to pay for my daughter's college education. Yeah, I mean, we printed Jeez. shirts in his basement, wasn't no big deal, and printed maybe one day a week. And then, uh, and then that just kind of grew over the years to about 2014. Um, I decided to just go ahead and buy him out, and we opened up a a storefront on um, uh, Highway 195 and opened that up and went from print one day a week to print five days a week, yeah. and uh. And so that just really took off. And in 2011, uh, well, I stepped away from Mount Vernon, I guess it was 2009, and started doing my own mission work. And in 2011, we formed our own missions organization and started doing that. And, you know, we we would take, you know, at the height of it, we were taking 800 to 1,000 people a year all
0: over the place. So just uh, like when I was in evangelism class at Lee University, they didn't really, like, break things down for us. Yeah. How do you schedule these trips for anybody that's wondering, like, because you can't just show up in another country and be like, Hey, <laughs> we're here to better. help. <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's why, and, and that's why for the, at the time that we were doing it, it served a really good purpose for the churches because most churches don't have anybody on staff that can organize that for them. And I was just, I was always really good at it and always enjoyed the logistical side, uh, the administrative side of all that stuff, which most people don't like. And you got to really like that kind of stuff to be able to do it because there's a whole lot of planning. For every week you do on the mission field, there's six, eight weeks of getting ready for it uh, before you go. And so there's, you know, you have to coordinate with primarily with local churches in those areas, whether it be at Panama City, Florida, or it be Panama, the country. Mm -hmm. You have to coordinate with local people. Uh, local churches to line up all the projects to line up uh, places to stay and food to eat and transportation and translators and yeah, all that stuff you have to work all that out so we would basically um, select weeks throughout the summer that we would go to different locations and then we would put them on our website and say hey look we're going you know this summer these are the trips we're doing if you want to go sign up on our website and join us and so most of our international mission trips were 15 to 20 people for each one of those. Uh, I have taken as many as 54 people to Costa Rica. <laughs> that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then our stateside trips would be anywhere from 100 people to 200 people. And so that would be a lot, lot more logistical stuff to work out. Yeah. But we'd stay at local churches, work in local communities, and do that kind of thing. And so uh, the t-shirt business was kind of a way to kind of help subsidize my income with the mission stuff at that time. And then, uh, and then all that kind of grew in to the cigar stuff, which most people have a hard time making the connection. They're like, okay, I understand you used to be a youth minister guy and you started doing mission trip stuff. Yeah. And I can even buy into uh, how you do T-shirt stuff because there's not a youth group out there that doesn't do 100 T-shirts <laughs> a year for different
0: stuff. Let me tell you, we uh, used to sell, have to sell shirts every year for Winterfest because for right. I went, tr- grew up in Church of God. Yeah. So it was like every year we had the – the t-shirt sales you know with like the the sayings on it where people oh, yeah. just came up with acronyms and stuff like fbi
2: and stuff like that. oh i
0: remember those yeah we had to do those so youth groups <laughs> are
2: always about t-shirts <laughs> where people struggled and made the connection is with how that connects to cigar business yeah and uh so for me it was easy but and i and i'll explain why is uh we uh i mean personally i've always enjoyed cigars i've smoked cigars for 20 plus years probably longer than that 25 plus years and it goes back from when i was before i was in ministry uh i used to be in shopping center development business and uh so i i designed primarily like walmart shopping centers and all kind of shopping centers all over the all over the country and and a lot of the ones in birmingham i helped design and the bosses that I had at that time, uh, we were in offices kind of bullpen style. Where everybody's kind of in the big middle part, and then all the big bosses were around the edge, and they all smoked cigars. And so it would cloud into <laughs> <laughs> to the work area. And, you know, I had to deal with all these guys, and I'd go to their office, and they're like, hey, you want a cigar? And I'm like, heck, yeah, I want a cigar. And so, you know, they give me these cigars, and, you know, I find out they're like, you know, I'd never at that time – you smoke a Swisher or Sweet or Black and Mild service station. You drop in a dollar, you know, maybe, and then, <laughs> yeah. and I'd say, "Well, where do I get this thing?" Well, you get the cigar store. How much is? It? Oh, it's fifteen bucks. I'm like, fifteen dollars for a cigar? <laughs> you lost your mind? I can't do that. But they give me some, and so I take them home and I smoke them out on the back porch and stuff, and and uh, you know, and I just smoke occasionally. But what happened is, is you know, back to the mission trip part of it. I told you we were we were doing mission work in about thirteen different countries, and just traveling all over the place and that was a lot of fun got to experience a lot of cultures and see a lot of neat places but it's hard to be real focused when you're that spread out yeah. and so we made a decision i don't know probably about six or eight years ago that we were going to kind of hone it in and focus on primarily two locations and and that was the two locations that i was most passionate about and i had the most contacts and the developed more most relationships with and that was havana cuba and Esteli, Nicaragua. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now, now you see how the cigar stuff <laughs> ties uh-huh. in because Havana, Cuba is also, is known for cigars because, I mean, everybody goes to Cuba. That's the only thing they think about, cigars. And, and and by the way, we can't sell them in the store. People ask me all the time. Y'all <laughs> sell Cubans? No. <laughs> there's still an embargo. Oh, no, there's not. Oh, yeah, there is. There's still an embargo. <laughs> we can't sell Cuban cigars. And they're not that great anyway, but, you know, you just trying to help educate people with that. Whoa. So, so Shots we, uh, fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're okay, but, I mean, my, every, the deal with Cuban cigars, everybody wants what they can't have. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, so, you know, it, it kind of has a mystery about them that, uh, unfortunately, doesn't always live up to the expectation. Mm. But anyway, it's kind of like Pappy for bourbon drinkers. Exactly. Yeah, so... Esteli, Nicaragua is the northern part of Nicaragua. That's basically the cigar capital of the world. There's uh, more cigars rolled in Nicaragua. Dominican Republic probably close tie, if not make a few more, but Esteli, Nicaragua is like, there's like 168 cigar factories there. Sure. It That's is a lot. insane. It's a lot. You drive into town and all it is, it's like cigar mecca. There's nothing there but <laughs> tobacco fields and cigar factories. That's it. So, all the churches I work with, their people either worked in the tobacco fields or they worked in the cigar factories. Everybody did. I mean, the whole community would shut down if it wasn't for the cigar industry. Yeah. And so, over the years, I'd just be like, Hey man, let's go see where you people work. I want I want to know what they mm-hmm. do. I want to know what this all. And I like cigars, so it was like, hey, this is kind of get to see the inside deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. get to see what it's all about. So I got to go and hang out with all these people that own these brands. You know, the Placencia family and AJ Fernandez and Perdomos, all these different people that are huge in Esteli, Nicaragua. And i just go, Drew Estate, different one, I'd just go hang out at their factories when I was there. I'd take mission teams down there, and I'd be like, hey, look, we're going to have a free day on Friday. I'm going to take you to the cigar factory We can see what the local people do and kind of get an idea what it's all about. And I uh, just really learned the business a lot over the last few years. And so when uh, when mission trip stuff started slowing down a little bit a few years ago, uh, we were like, we had the T-shirt business was rocking along pretty good, but we were like, thinking about starting another business. And my wife's like, uh, "So, uh, what do you got in mind?" I said, "Well, we're going to open up a cigar store." <laughs> and she said, "You have lost your mind." I said, "Yeah, pro- probably so," and I'm probably going to upset a lot of people. But you know, they should have bought more t-shirts or went on more mission trips. All I got to say, if you don't like the cigars, duh. So uh, we made the decision to try to do that about four years ago, four four and a half years ago, and it has been a wild ride. It's been fun though. Yeah.
1: So find something you're passionate about.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It's crazy. You went from somewhere where
0: cigars are made, like with Nicaragua having them everywhere, and then you come back home to where there's just pretty much like Dollar Generals yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, good trade off, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. So yeah, it was, it was one of those things where you know, as a cigar smoker, and I knew other cigar smokers here in town, and uh, it, th- before we opened up, your options was order online. Or drive an hour and a half. That's it. That's your two options. I yeah. want to order online, which you can get a lot of stuff online, but the problem is, is the quality's not there. You know, a lot of times you get stuff online, it's dried out, you got to let it sit in the humidor for two or three months before you can even smoke it. Or you drive an hour and a half. You go to Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, Tupelo, Mississippi, or Huntsville. And that was it. That was your options. So I knew that there was the potential. I just didn't know how Walker County, Alabama were respond i knew there'd never been anything like that there's been stores around here that sold cigars Mm -hmm. but there's difference between having a store that sells a few cigars and have a cigar store right with a humidor and a you know and a lounge and all that stuff it's a huge difference so what we did was is um just uh, i'm always i'm i'm uh don't have a problem taking risks but i always make sure i take very calculated risks Mm -hmm. i want to make sure that I ain't losing everything I got with all this stuff. So, at the time, uh, with our t-shirt shop on One Ninety Five, um, we had a separate side entrance that we really never used. We kept it locked, tinted the windows, and we just used it for storage. I just stored a bunch of crap over there, and <laughs> and it was just part of the t-shirt shop that was in the back. Nobody thought about, but it was a separate entrance that was right next to like a little beauty shop that was behind us, and uh, so I had that little area there. But I always thought in my mind I thought well if I'm going to do this I'm going to have to go find some big place and invest a ton of money and all this kind of stuff and then uh, one day uh, my wife wanted to go to Target and so we went to Decatur to go to Target and I told her I said uh, there's a little cigar store that just opened up up here it's named, it's called Daddy Dukes and they're still in business and, and, and I said I don't know nothing about it I just know it's a little cigar store it's the only one I know of in Decatur at that time and and I said, I'm just gonna. I don't care nothing about Target. I'm going to Daddy Dukes. <laughs> and so I dropped her off, and I rolled up the road to Daddy Dukes Cigars. And and uh, and and it's 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 really weird because from the outside, Daddy Dukes looks like a huge deal because it used to be an Italian restaurant up there. I can't remember the name of the Italian restaurant, but it was a big Italian restaurant there. And when you walked in, I mean, it's like old school mafia kind of Italian restaurant. It's cool. <laughs> it's a cool building. And you walk in, and um, there's a huge dining area, and then the kitchens in the back, and they got an upstairs area. Well, I thought that the whole thing was Daddy Duke. No, when it was an Italian restaurant, as you walked in the main entrance, to immediately to your right was like a little bitty room. Not, I'm seriously not a whole lot bigger than this bedroom right here. And uh, they uh, used to sell wine in that room. And so when it was the Italian restaurant, you walk in to the right was the wine store and you go in there and buy wine well daddy dukes was the little wine store that was it so they they had rented out just that little room and i walk in there and they have one little cabinet humidor with a few cigars in there and there's a couple people in there and they're super nice folks but it was like i was there the whole time i was sitting there thinking god is this it i don't i don't don't understand and so you know after i talked to him for a while i said hey can i just talk to y'all just be real with you for a minute and they're like sure and i said, Well is this it? Is this all there is? And they're like, yeah. I said, so there's not like a secret humidor back here in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to knock on a door and, opens, you know, some wall opens up and that's where the real cigars start No, no, this is, this is it. I said, so th- this one little cabinet humidor, that's it. And they're like, yeah, that's it. And I said, well, man, y'all are flat inspired me. I said, because this whole time I'm thinking I got to go get some big place and mm-hmm. really do it out and spend more money than I got and all this stuff. I said, I got I've got this much space at my t-shirt shop <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're like, well, you are to do it and I was like, I think I'm going to So I went back and told my wife, so we're gonna open up here at this right here and so how are we gonna do that and I said, well, we can't smoke in here because one city ordinance couldn't smoke inside anywhere and two it'd smoke up on my t-shirt so I couldn't do that anyway so yeah. we built a little wall that separated that little section of the store with its own side entrance from the rest of the store. And uh, bought two cabinet humidors, so I'm already twice as big as Daddy Dukes now. (laughs) And uh, filled it up with cigars and got all the licensing and all that stuff worked out. And uh, opened up in March. March was three years ago. This past March was three years ago. And uh, I told her, I said, look, here's the deal. If it goes and it does well, we'll figure out how to get downtown. Yeah. and, And really do something nice with it. And if it don't, um, I had plenty of cigars to smoke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's there like win win. Win win all the way around. <laughs> so we just opened it up in March and uh, I had no idea what to expect. And we were very surprised uh, at the response we got and uh, and we could see right away that it was gonna be something something big. And so we were we were planning on staying there for like two or three years. We were in no hurry. We like hey, we'll just do this little deal, take our time. And move downtown, you know, when the, when the time is right. And then the more we'd sit there and the more we thought about it, we thought, we got to do this now. We can't wait because uh, we knew that we talked to enough people that had the same vision and idea that we did. And we thought, somebody's going to beat us to it. Yeah, First one downtown wins. Yeah. And so we was like, we got to do something. And so we just started the process of trying to find something downtown to move the cigar shop down there. So um, it took a little time. Um, it, the hard part was finding a place. Then the other hard part was, uh, can't smoke anywhere in, in indoors. Yeah. And, um, that makes for a terrible cigar lounge if you can't smoke in. <laughs> so, so how'd you go about passing cigars around smelling them? I guess <laughs> that's right. This is a good one right Yeah. Here, step guy. out there yeah. on the sidewalk and smoke that. Yeah. You'll love it. <laughs> so, how'd you go about getting, being able oh, to do man. that? It, I, I, i didn't know if i'd be able to do it or not but i knew and i talked to the lady that had the building we're in right now i told her i said look i want the building I'll, i want to rent it but i'm not signing the lease until the smoking ordinance changes because i don't need all this but i mean we got 2500 square feet down there. i don't need this much space i need what i have now if all i'm doing is selling cigars and so but if you'll be patient with me I'm going to get with the city council. We're going to see if we can figure this thing out. And if we can figure this thing out and, and I get it passed, I'll sign the lease that day and we'll start, we'll start to work. And so she was extremely kind about that. And so we, uh, I have a friend that works with the city and I went and talked with him and I said, brother, I know this is not really your thing, but you work at the city and you can tell me what I need to do. Cause I don't know what to do. And, uh, he told me, he said, well, I'm going to put you on the agenda for the city council planning session. And, um, and you just be prepared, and you go and share with them what you want to do. I was like, well, okay. Um, so what I did was is every city has a smoking ordinance, and every city that has a smoking ordinance has amendments and exceptions to the smoking ordinance. Like, for instance, in Jasper, before uh, before we did anything without changing anything, there's smoking ordinance, can't smoke anywhere inside, and then an amendment was you can smoke at your own house. You know, obviously, anybody's going to do that anyway, <laughs> but it was part of the ordinance. You mm-hmm. can smoke at your own house. You can smoke smoke outdoors. You can smoke at different places. You just couldn't smoke in any public building. Well, there's other communities around us, Decatur, Gadsden, um, Moulton, Muscle shows, all the areas that are kind of equivalent in sizes, Jasper, but have similar smoking ordinances, but they had exceptions for cigar lounges. And Jasper didn't have that because there'd never been one here. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that. Matter of fact, when I taught, first to taught the city council, they didn't know what one was. Yeah. They had no clue. And so, uh, so I gathered four or five different smoking ordinances from all the little towns around us that was, you know, equivalent of ours that had same smoking ordinance, but it had the additional amendment for cigar lounges. And so I went to the city council planning session, and they called my name. I went up to the front. And they're like, "What you here for?" So I'm here to change the smoking ordinance, <laughs> and they all look at me. They all look hot. at me like I killed their cat. <laughs> it's like, "You want to do what?" And I remember that one of the people on this city council uh, was mayor and actually put the smoking ordinance into effect when it when it was when it was in effect. And he was none too happy about me even suggesting to do this. But <laughs> I said, "You know, let me explain." I was like, "You know, we've opened this little cigar store." And, uh, and it's going well, and we want to move downtown. We want to have something bigger, something nicer. But it doesn't make sense unless we have a, a smoking lounge. And and I said, the only way I can explain it to you is, I said, we got two breweries here in town that make beer. And they make beer and they sell beer, but people want to drink the beer on premise with them. I mean, they can buy it and go home with it. But the experience of buying it and drinking it there, it just it just makes it nice, you know. Right. Just like you know, you have restaurants. Yeah, you can buy the food and take it home, but you want to eat it where you where you bought. I said it's the same thing with cigars. Most guys smoke cigars. Their wives ain't gonna let them. They're not gonna let them smoke at their house. Uh, and so, what's their options? They smoke on the porch, and or smoke out on the deck. And if it's raining or weather's bad, what are they gonna do? They just ain't gonna get smoke so I said well they uh, aren't
0: cigarettes sir <laughs>
2: I'm not trying to rip Marlboro Reds over my McDonald's <laughs> so so I told him I said so the cigar lounge is basically the same way it's a place that people can not only buy cigars but they can sit down and smoke a cigar and enjoy a cigar and learn more about cigars and just have a good time to hang out and fellowship and I said it's it's really a common thing outside of Jasper. There's a lot of cities that have them. I got a lot of friends that have them. I can put you in touch with them. I said, but it's not it's not a huge deal. I, we just need to make an amendment to this to, to the smoking ordinance to allow for cigar lounges. And I said uh, I've got four ordinances that I've brought to y'all from all these cities around us that have done the same thing. I'm asking y'all to do. And, and this is what I told them. I said, uh, y'all say y'all want Jasper to be a special little city? I said, we're fixing to find out if you want to or not. And I just put it on them. I said, <laughs> put them on the spot. Right? Uh-huh. I did. I said, y'all really want to do something special? Let's do something special. And I said, all I'm asking you is just think about it. I ain't saying we got to do it right now. Just think about it. And, and be open-minded to it. And for to their credit, the four of the five were very open to moving forward with it and it, that process is about a month and a half to get done and uh we they voted on it and voted it through and put all these stipulations like they put all these things in it in the amendment to where basically we're the only place in town you can smoke like one of the deals was 85 percent of your sales has to be cigars pipes popped back like well 100% of my sales is that, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, that's fine. And then like, you had to have a walk-in humidor and I'm like, yeah, we're going to have that. And then we have lockers at our cigar lounge and I said, yeah, we're going to do that. And uh, they basically were trying to put enough restrictions so that, that a restaurant or the breweries or anybody else didn't put a box of cigars on the counter and say, we're a cigar lounge now, y'all yeah. can all smoke. And so they wanted to put enough restrictions to where it really limited who could do it. And so they did a good job of that because basically we're the only place you can smoke inside. And so that's kind of advantage for us. So we got that passed and I went and signed the lease on the building that we're at now. And we started renovating and didn't have a clue what we were going to do. We were just like <laughs> The space was great, but it had a lot of walls in it, it had drop ceiling. It was just a mess. And so we, we had to tear all that stuff out. And so I was just blessed that, you know, we've been at the other location for about two or three months. And so we built up a little small, little core group, customer base that were real excited about having their own lounge. Because the only lounge we had was on Saturday, we had an umbrella out in the parking lot. And everybody brought their lawn chairs. And we hung out there in the parking <laughs> lot and smoked cigars in the parking lot. And it was hot. That's and a I'm community, like, though. That's what yeah. matters. And so when we said, "Hey, we're going to do this downtown," we're like, "We don't have money to pay a bunch of people to do this. We we're going to need some help." So we had like an army of volunteers that, you know, we all worked till five o'clock every day, and then went downtown and got to work and worked till ten o'clock at night almost every day. And uh, and there's about probably 12, 15 guys, maybe more, and we got caricatures of all of them in the in the hallway toward the <laughs> bathroom down there now. So if you worked on the space, you got a caricature and and. If it weren't for those guys, we couldn't have pulled it off. And, and, you know, we had to get a contractor to do a few little things, like build the humidor and put in some bathrooms. But everything else, from painting to the flooring to the everything in there, we we did with just a team of volunteers. And that took about two months. And our goal was to to open before Foothills Festival. And we opened, like, on Tuesday before Foothills Festival on Friday. Oh. And so it was pushing it. Yeah. I mean, it was pushing it hard. But we... Got everything opened up, and Foothills really gave us that little boost that we needed because nobody knew what we were and what we were doing, and so it brought a huge crowd into our space to kind of check it out and kind of help get us going with it, and it's just grown year after year after that. I always say,
0: like, even with something like as minuscule as the podcast, I was like, when you start something that's an adventure, yeah, you find out who's really there for you because they're there every step of the way so the, all those people that sat out there with you for that on the lawn chairs and stuff on saturdays they've been a part of that journey and they're still a part of that journey i guess and oh yeah you you always remember those and so that was your way of remembering them and every time like i always shout out people it's always helped this so you right. got to remember the people that got you to where you are it's Absolutely. kind of a
1: perfect example of like what we were like what the message is a community coming together I like that's a perfect example of it. Yeah. That was a community coming together to make something better, not only for themselves but for everyone else to
2: enjoy. Yeah,
0: and because do you get like out of any out of towners?
2: Yeah, we. You know, it's been probably the thing that's been the craziest to me is almost every day somebody new walks in the door, and we've been open three years now, and it's like still almost every day somebody new, and then. People from out of town. The cigar culture is kind of a unique small group, anyway. Like um, all of us that have cigar stores, there's a few in Birmingham, there's a few in Huntsville, and there's a few scattered around in other little towns around. Um, But there's not, it's not like restaurants where there's just hundreds and hundreds of them. There's, you know, just a handful around the state. And so everybody knows everybody. We're all good friends. And, everybody encourages one another and you know we we all sell cigars but we're all far enough apart where we're not really competitors and so we try to encourage one another and so those guys that go their cigar lounges they'll say man if you're out and about you need to go jasper and then we'll do the same thing we'll say hey if you're ever in birmingham you need to go here if you're ever in Huntsville, you need to go here and so uh that's helped get the word out and then we try to be real active on social media to keep the word out, and we try to um, do a little bit of advertising here and there and just uh, trying to work to get more and more people connected with us because it's, it's really neat to see. If you go by our storefront, which is very on Main Street, uh, right across from City Hall, if you just walk by, you look in, you think, well, there's not much to that because it's a little sales area. It's really small. And there's a little walk-in humidor, and then there's double doors there. And if you don't, if you never walk in and go in, you have no clue what's in there. Right. And so anybody we can get to come in the door, it blows their mind because they're like, "I had no clue. I <laughs> had no clue. All oh, this is back here." Yeah. Because we have a huge beyond the little front sales area because you don't need a lot of room to sell cigars. They're little. Right. You know? we've got cutters and lighters, junk like that. So you don't need a lot of room for the sales part. And we got 2,500 square feet. So you only need, you know, four or 500 for that part. And so you walk in through the double doors, and we have a huge smoking lounge where you just hang out, watch the ball game, smoke cigars, you know, fellowship and hang out with other people. And then uh, a couple of years ago, we added a barbershop in the back. Yeah. So we have a barbershop back there, Gents Corner Barbershop with Travis Hill. and, I was going to ask he's, you about that next. Yeah, he's a young guy, but he's like old school all the way. He's like uh, does the straight razor shaves and the hot towels and all that stuff and and uh, added that. And it's just become a really cool place to hang out uh, when people find out what it's all about. I tell people that come in with their, you know, couples that come in, I tell their wives, I say, yeah, we're, we're basically – the ultimate husband daycare service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drop your man off, go shopping. We'll get him cleaned up. We'll get his hair did. We'll put him down for a nap. Let him smoke a cigar. <laughs> watch a ball game. Come back in a couple hours, pick him up, you know? So, uh, so it's just a neat place just to yeah. hang out
0: and have a good time. That's like I told you, uh, I was like, I'm not, I'm not a smoker of any form, but I love what you were doing as far as building communities. And yeah. That's the same with like the breweries and stuff. You, you always see that core group of people that are there and somehow, like, every time you go, you see, like, two more people have added in. And that's what it's all about, especially in downtown. Right. It's just seeing people congregate and put aside all their daily differences just to hang out and talk about whatever it is. Yeah. And that's why I love what you're doing over there. That's it's why bad. I love your hashtag that I've seen you use. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Fellowship
2: Smoke. That's what it's all about. We're just there just to hang out. What's, what's fun about t-shirt. the... Yeah, well, we put it on several. <laughs> but what's that's what's fun about cigar business is, um, you know, anytime you come in our store, it's not like I mean, it's the most inclusive place in town. Anytime you come in there, you'll see all kind of races, men, women, uh, any any kind of folks you can think of, and you got young folks, twenty one or older, and you got <laughs> specify that part. Oh yes, <laughs> older folks, you know. And so it's just like a melting pot. And, you know, you'll have the doctor and the lawyer and the truck driver and the plant worker. Yeah. And they're all hanging around smoking a cigar. And when they're doing that, they're equal. Mm -hmm. And matter of fact, the guy that's the plant worker may be a little bit on a different level than the lawyer and the doctor because he knows more about cigars. And they're like (laughs) eating up what he's got to say about it. And so it's just really neat to watch it. And, uh, you know, it's just. A cool little place to to hang out, and you don't have to. And another thing with with cigars is it keeps you from getting tied into stuff like this, cell phones yeah. and stuff. It's hard to play on a cell phone and smoke a cigar, so it forces you kind of sure. to put that down and really interact with people. And uh, you know, my my pastor friends in in Cuba would tell me they say smoking is for fellowship. Never smoke alone. Cigar smoking is for you know, and I like well. Then why are there all these different size cigars? <laughs> and yeah. and like, well, that little one there, that's for uh, that's for a uh, business meeting. You got a business meeting, thirty minute smoke. That's for that. So what's that big long one for? He said, that's if you have to sit down and have a meeting with your wife. <laughs> I had a big cigar. <laughs> yeah, gonna <laughs> take a little bit longer, but you know, it's just a way of getting together and and it's just a cool guy thing to do. You know, it's not like we're in there kind of huffing down a bunch of cigars. You don't really inhale cigars. You just puff on mm-hmm. them a little bit and. And it's just a lot of fun, you know? It's a a big deal. Cigars are kind of work this way in the uh, bourbon culture because... Exactly.
0: Like, I told uh, my uncle first time I ever drank Eagle Rare, I was like, I don't smoke cigars, but when I drink this bourbon in particular, just this bourbon, I want to smoke a cigar. Right. But I don't, just like I said, because I'm not like a smoker (laughs) of any kind. Yeah. But, like, it just... It's more about the culture of comparing different ones and talking about the flavors and all that kind of stuff yeah and so it's kind of like hand in hand now and oh yeah now you see a lot of bourbon drinkers that smoke cigars
2: right and like at our place people ask all the time y'all, y'all serve alcohol no we don't serve alcohol and and there's a few reasons why the main reasons are um we're in an entertainment district and so because of that you can walk a block and a half and get it anywhere. You can go, we got two breweries, a tap room, and all the restaurants. You go to any of those, they'll put it in to-go cup, and you walk right down the street with it, and walk in with it. And if I sold it, you couldn't do that. The right. other thing is, is um, we rent out lockers. So we have like 90 lockers in our, in our lounge. And so the lockers are hu- basically your own personal humidor. And you can store your cigars in the locker, but you can also put a bottle of bourbon or scotch, whatever you want to, in the locker too. So... Yeah. I mean, that's a huge deal. You think about it, If you go to a bar and you spend $12, 15 on a drink, that can get expensive. But if you have your own locker and you put your $50, $60 bottle of bourbon in there and you know it's there anytime you want it and you come in and we have cups and ice and cokes or whatever you want to go with it, and you can just pull it out of your locker, pour you a little drink, light a cigar, hang out, and then put it back and you know it's there when you come back the next that's time. That's genius. The cigar oh. box is primarily BYOB. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And I but love that. <laughs> it, but the way it works is, you got you can either bring it from the entertainment district, yeah, or you have to have a locker to be able to bring it outside of the entertainment district. So you can't just like go to the liquor store, buy a bottle, and come on in like you if you don't have a locker there. So that how does the up. locker
1: situation work?
2: Well, they uh, we've got like we said we got ninety lockers. Probably about sixty of them are rented out right now. So if you want a locker, it's forty dollars a month or four fifty for the year. And with that, you get your own locker to put your stuff in, but you also get 10% off your purchases, get 15% off box purchases. Um, we do special events for our members, like we do a Christmas party and different things like that throughout okay. the year. And so there's incentive to it because um, because we we look at those guys that have a locker is they're probably the most committed to what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, in return to them investing in us, we give them a few perks that nobody else gets wish Mason would give me my own locker at Twisted Barley. That's what you need. <laughs> but uh, what would you put in the locker there?
0: A pillow. <laughs> For sure a pillow. <laughs> good, good sleeping that's right. bag. Good that's sleeping right. Yeah, sleeping bag. Like, a right, yeah. few too many IPAs today, Mason. I'm going to sleep here. Yeah. But that's that's cool. Like you, It's kind of like a membership service. Kind of, yeah, and yeah. you
2: don't have to have a locker to come in. Anybody yeah. can come in and hang out and all that stuff. The Just the big difference is to be able to store your own alcohol in your locker and to, uh, to have those special discounts. And then, you know, we, certain events throughout the year, we have special access for just our members. So you get a few little perks, um, and the people that have them, uh, I mean, it pays off big for them because they buy a lot of cigars and they get discounts on them. So yeah. it's, it's a big deal for them. And then some of our lockers have, you know, your own customized nameplate knob knob, that kind of thing. And, Man, people eat that up. They love having their personal deal there in our shop, and uh, I like that. Yeah, it's it's a neat thing, and um, we do events pretty much every month. Most of our events are like um, we'll have different cigar reps. Like we got one two weeks from tonight, uh, the August nineteenth, and um, and we do one every month. But like in two weeks, we'll have. An event, a My Father's Cigar event. And so that that event, my rep will be there, and he'll represent, like, I need to know a little bit about all the cigars we carry. He knows everything about that cigar. Yeah. And so he'll come in, and we'll do different deals like he'll do. If you buy four, you get one free. If you buy seven, you get two free. If you buy ten, you get three free or something like that. Deals are always a little bit different, but sort of like that. And then he's there to explain. If you go in and say, and he'll say, "Well, what do you like to smoke?" And you tell him, and he'll put you exactly on the cigar in their brand yeah. that you need to be buying. And so it's a it's another way to get people more connected to the brand, you know, because most most people that come in our store have no clue. They have no clue what they're getting. Yeah, and I wouldn't so, know where to start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. when we first opened, this was the two things that I would get. They'd be like. Y'all sell Cubans? No, we don't sell Cubans. <laughs> yeah. Or, hey man, what you got this close to Black and Mild or Swisher <laughs> <or switch." laughs>
0: And
2: I'd be like, brother, I got I got good news and bad news. <laughs> good news is everything I got ten times better. Bad news is everything I got costs ten times more. Right. <laughs> I said, but if you'll hang in there with me, we'll help you navigate through all this. <laughs> and we've got guys who went from smoking Black and miles to got a locker now. Yeah. but it takes time it takes time to build that culture up and get people to where they know what they like and 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 they feel confident about what they're buying and uh, so it's been a slow process but it's been worth it and we've seen uh, some good results from that but it's just uh, and we made some great friends yeah. through all that too it's really comparable to like when
0: Mason open because yeah. I went from like a natty like uh, yeah all the time. So it had to be 90 lighter. It was nothing. Right. To now it's like I've tried all these different kinds of beers. And these was like, you just kind of got to ease into certain ones. And I was, now it's like I can drink an IPA. I'm not a huge IPA guy. But now I love Sours. And I used to think Sours. I was like, what's so special about it? Now right. it's pretty much the only craft beer I'll drink. Yeah. It's like, So it's like you got to kind of drop your basic tastes and open up your world to all kind of different things.
2: And it's, it's just so much better because you think about – all the stuff you get, there's nothing wrong with it. The stuff you buy at the store, mass produced, and you know, Lord knows what goes into it. But when you can go to a place like Mason's Guy or or like Tallulah and and go where they're making it there, yeah, you know, it's, it's not. Oh, it's totally different. So it's it's not like you can just, uh, you know, just get it anywhere. It's very specialized, very localized. And so, and, it, and it's a unique craft. And I can appreciate that because, you know, with the cigar business, um, and, until I take you to Nicaragua or Cuba or different places where they, and you can see them rolling a cigar, you know, people sometimes will come in and say, oh, $8, $10 for one cigar. I'm like, if I took you and you watched these people making these cigars, you'd wonder why we don't sell them for 30 or $40. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it is absolutely insane. How much it takes to make that happen. Yeah. And the same thing with anything that you create, like craft beer, cigar, anything like that, the specialized whiskeys. It, it takes a, a personal touch that you don't get from the service station. Exactly. Like yeah. you can buy a 15 pack of
0: natties for <laughs> seven bucks. <laughs> Guess what? One beer at Twisted, six. <laughs> That's right. But it's yeah. you appreciate the effort that went into it. Exactly. Y'all yeah. have,
2: do y'all have y'all's own line of cigars or anything? We do, and we got another batch coming hopefully soon. Um, so I, I just try to give you a quick story how that, that played out. Um, because I do a lot of mission work in Esteli Nicaragua, I take a lot of teams down there, um, I, and I go to a lot of the factories down there, uh, I've been all over the place. And the thing that's kind of weird is, even though, there's all these places that make cigars. There's nowhere to buy cigars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause all these factories are making them and they're just shipping them out. They're shipping them out to America and all these different countries. And so you go in and you can do a little tour, but they're not going to sell you anything. And so you go and you're like, man, i would really like to buy some cigars. And so I've, I got really connected with a, a small shop right before you get into town and it's on the Pan American highway. And uh, a pastor friend of mine, when I was down there one time, he said, uh, there's a couple just opened up a cigar store and uh let's go check it out like, wow, let's go brother and so i went and met and it was julio and brenda so <laughs> miss brenda's originally from north carolina julio's from cuba They'd, they were married 30 plus years and uh when they retired they left north carolina with costa rica for a little while and then they ended up in Esteli, nicaragua julio's a master carpenter and he was making cigar boxes for the local factories in Esteli, Nicaragua. So he was making all these cigar boxes and stuff. And then it got to where he was getting older and it's getting harder to compete with the other box manufacturers. And so he just kind of retired from that. And they built a little store out in front of their cigar box factory and they sold cigars. Well, they couldn't sell the cigars like what I sell, they can't sell all the name brands I sell. He had to come up with his own. And so. He had a friend named Omar that owned the cigar factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, and Omar uh, is from Cuba, and he ran the La Corona uh, Cigar Factory in Cuba in Havana, and when he left Cuba uh, and settled in Esteli, Nicaragua, he opened his own factory, and it's called the La Corona Cigar Factory in in Esteli, Nicaragua. Well, Julio gets with Omar and says, hey, brother, I need you to make me a cigar that I can sell in my store because I can't sell these other things. And so Julio creates him a cigar, and it called called Old Gringo cigar, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of cool because you go to the you go to Julio's store, and uh, it's got like Clint Eastwood on the box, <laughs> nice. and I'm like <laughs> I'm like brother, isn't this some kind of copyright thing? And I mean, it's like dirt, not Dirty Harry, but the uh, the Western Clint Eastwood picture, you know? So, and I am like is this can you do this he said well if clinic switch shows up makes a big deal out of it we'll change it <laughs> <I'm> like, fair <laughs> enough <that> brother <laughs> so love said, that mindset Til, till then we're gonna keep rolling that's up like, ah, that's fine with me and so when i go down there take teams i go see julio and brenda and i buy all their cigars because they were fantastic omar makes some of the best cigars i've ever smoked every time i go to his factory i go in his office he's got all these cigars laid out on his desk and he'll give me one or two of them i'll light it up i probably have that is fantastic i've never had anything like what is that? and he'll just laugh he don't speak a lot of english but he won't even tell me what's in it and nothing and uh so he creates this cigar old gringo for for uh julio well you know go down there every year bring them back all the guys here love them and they're like how can we get these i said like, well go to nicaragua with me or <laughs> give me some money and i'll bring them back when i come back i man i can go get them right there on the side of the road that's the only place you can get them and so uh, a couple of years ago, Miss Brenda passed away and I was down checking on Julio, making sure he's okay and hanging out with him. And um, and, I, and we got to talk and I said, man, I tell you, I, I wish I could sell your cigars in my store because they're fantastic. And he said, brother, I'll never sell these cigars anywhere except on the side of the road here in Esteli, Nicaragua. He said, I'm not going nowhere. He said, I'm an old man. I, I, I'm not going anywhere. He said, but you can have them. He said, it's yours old gringo is your cigar. You do whatever you want to with it outside of of Nicaragua. That's your brand. And I was like blown away because, and that's a huge deal because if you're going to create a brand Mm -hmm. of any kind, the hardest thing is coming up with a name and coming up with a blend, you know, that's unique, you know? And so to already have that done and handed to you, that, that was huge. And so, uh, he said, just get with Omar. Y'all figure it out. And so we, uh, we redesigned the packaging because I didn't think that clinics would on the band here in these states <laughs> would be as, as, that as easy might to, start to raise the yeah, eyebrows. I didn't want to draw unnecessary attention to myself, <laughs> so we redesigned it and made it more like our own and all this stuff and and we got our first batch. Uh, oh goodness, it's probably. Uh, last November I guess it was we finally got our first batch in about a, a thousand cigars and they sold out by March we were sold out. That's awesome. And we've just ordered. It's been a long time and all the COVID junk and everything still kind of got things all messed up down there. But our second batch we got about twelve hundred coming that should be here. I mean anytime now they could be here in the next week. I told I talked to Omar. Well, we messaged back and forth on WhatsApp, and you know he told me. If, sometime the next, within the next week or so, they should be here. Nice. So, uh, yeah, we're trying to keep those in stock. We don't have really right now a desire to like distribute them all over the place. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you want old gringo cigars, you can go to Esteli Nicaragua, see my buddy Julio, or you can come here. And that's it. I that's love only, that. I uh, love that. Only it. two places yeah. you can get them. And so, yeah, uh, so, yeah, we're excited about that.
1: I've never wanted a,
2: wanted a cigar more in my life than I do right now. <laughs> we'll go see Sean. In hey, they're fantastic. Huh? I'll let you know. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We'll be posting when they come in because uh, they don't last wait. long. And I, uh, so they're fantastic. I've always
0: found cigar boxes unique. Like, I used to keep my baseball cards yeah. in a uh, Tampa Bay Nugget box that my granddad gave me. Yeah. I used to keep, like, changing stuff in it, and then I started collecting baseball cards. So, yeah. that's what I keep my baseball cards. in. I just stowed it away. And that thing was old. Uh, I think it was from the 50s, yeah. 60s, somewhere along in there. So,
2: and I wish I still had it. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, oh, of- I, I still got old King Edwards cigar boxes from my grandpa. Yeah. And we used keep crayons and everything else in them. So, <laughs> yeah, and we, and I can't bear to throw them away. Yeah. We, we sell all the cigars and the box is empty. And I'm like, and I got more than I can do with. And I'm like, I, I just can't throw them away. So we've we come up with kind of a uh, uh, a unique way we do with them. We, we keep some there at the shop that we sell. We sell them for like $5 a piece. And then I got a couple of bookshelves here in town at high, at the Jasper Picker store. And we'll put them on there. And I'm just trying to sell enough to pay the rent on the bookshelves. I'm not trying to make any money. But here the last few weeks, we've got to where that's not enough space. And so we go to Coleman a lot. Our family's from Coleman. So we've got another bookshelf at the Highway Pickers in Coleman. And we go see my niece and nephew, our our family, my wife's side of the family on Sundays. And so to get my niece and nephew, they're, they're both, they're 14, 15, 16 years old. They're, they're younger, but, uh, to kind of get them involved in what we got going on, I can't let them smoke, but I I said, look, we're fixing it. I'm fixing to teach y'all about business and we're fixing to make y'all little business owners right here. And so basically that bookshelf's theirs. And they label all the cigar boxes, and we go up there and we put them on the shelf. And we're getting our first check this weekend. I think they're going to make like 160 bucks. That's like 80 bucks a piece yeah, yeah, yeah. to do nothing. Yeah. So I was like, Can't hey. It. It. So they're you know trying to teach them you know what making a living is all about. And uh, I mean, we we just have a good time with them, our niece and nephew, our kids. Me and my wife, we've been married this weekend be 28 years. And uh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And so our kids are grown and gone. One. Yeah. Our daughter's in San Jose, California. She's a nurse, and our son's in, uh, and his wife's in um, Fort Hood, Texas. He's in the Army. And so, you know, we just spoil our little niece and nephew because everybody else can go. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good. You're teaching them that sense of business. I mean, you own two businesses. Yeah. And so we, we've talked a lot about the Cigar Box, but, you know, Goatees was your first venture. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now it's, now you're back in downtown. And they're actually side by side. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so what what happened is is you know we moved the cigar shop downtown next month. It'll be three years ago, and the the lady that that owns the cigar shop she owns all those buildings there. And and I told her I said if either one of these spaces ever come available, I want it because where we were at with the t shirt shop on one ninety five wasn't bad, and you know right we there enjoyed bags, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a great location, but it was inconvenient. I, you know, yeah. I. I because i have I, i'm very hands-on in the t-shirt business and so i'd be at a t-shirt shop and then my wife calls hey there's a cigar rep and he wants to meet with you i <sighs> get in the truck drive down there and meet with him Then i and get down there and then call and say hey somebody's here want to talk to you about a big t-shirt order all right and i'd run back up there so the space come available two doors down last january so it's been a little over a year and a half now and uh we said hey we want it you know we want it and she's like it's yours and so uh, we moved all t-shirt operation downtown, and it has been phenomenal. You feel like you've
0: grown since you went downtown?
2: I think so. I think we've grown, but it's 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 made my life easier because I can just walk back and forth between the two, you know. So I stay at the t-shirt shop most of the time. People think, well, you own a cigar shop. I bet you smoke a lot of cigars. No, no, I really don't because <laughs> I'm stuck at the t-shirt shop most of the time. But it makes it a lot easier. And we've, you know, we started out with you know, basically two part time people now we got two full time people yeah. at the T shirt shop and we got a full time guy at cigar shop and uh, and so we're blessed to have some really good workers that work with us. But T shirt business is is taking off and embroidery we, we do screen printing and embroidery. Yeah. So but we we're not the kind of place Like, we're not the kind of place, if you have a diaper bag or baby bib, to come in there and get an initial sewed on there. We can do that stuff, (laughs) but that's really not what we focus on. We do a lot of production stuff. So we do, uh, in our embroidery business, is probably 90%, 95% baseball caps. I got an embroidery business because nobody do caps for me. So I'm like, that's that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the the cap guy. And we can sew anything, but caps, I mean, we've done... Tons and tons of polos and all kind of different stuff, but we are really laser focused on where the cap plays, and so we got at any time a thousand plus caps on hand that most people can't even get because they're out of stock, and uh, and then the back we have all the screen printing equipment, and we print a bunch of t shirts, and and we stay wide open with it. And what's so your we, uh,
1: what's your method on the screen printing? Uh, what, what do you mean by that? So
2: do y'all do the uh,
1: the I guess, heat pressed or is it more oh, I know printer based?
2: Yeah, you know, no, The big so,
1: ink, like
2: Yeah. You know so you, you have, you know, uh, vinyl was a big thing for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we did a little bit of vinyl stuff back when all that women wanted was like their initials and in glitter put on a shirt. <laughs> we, we did it then.
0: Shout <laughs> out to Monograms. <laughs> yeah. And yeah.
2: then when it got more complicated, we're like, all right, we're out. We, know, we got friends that do that. We, t- we send them to them. And, uh, and then you have, the other option you have is sublimation. That's kind of become a big thing now. That, that was a the word that was evading me there. Yeah, so you, you have a printer, and basically you can, I can take a picture of you guys and print it out on the printer and heat press it on a shirt. Uh, or you have screen printing, and screen printing is basically just like it says. It's pushing ink through a screen, and so you have to burn different screens for different color inks that you use, and you put it on the shirt. The advantage to screen printing is it typically lasts a lot longer, looks a lot better, and um, and it's a lot more economical. I mean, it costs a lot of money yeah. to cut out vinyl and do sublimation and all that stuff, and so you can you can do screen printing a lot cheaper. So we just focus on screen printing.
0: I remember when you took me back there in the back where y'all do all y'all's printing, and all, all I could think of was this is efficient. Like yeah, you keep motoring, like you don't
2: stop. Oh man, I tell you it, it is all I can do some days to kind of keep up with it. We have a big old whiteboard that we write all the orders on and, and just try to keep our customers happy and we can do we have the capability of doing what I don't know of anybody in North Alabama that does this, but we can do online stores for our customers. And so That's you know, be I, well, can, I was
0: gonna jump into next. Yeah, so I can build
2: a, <laughs> I can build a website for my customers and do like a, a online store or online fundraiser. And we have helped people, especially during the pandemic last year when, every, when all my, most of my friends are business owners. yeah. And when they had to shut down, you know, I, I remember probably one of the first ones that contacted me was, was Eric Nix at 064 yeah. and said, man, I'm going to have to sell some T-shirts because we're going to have to close and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, brother, I said, I hadn't done one yet. Well, I hadn't done one in a long time, but I could do these online stores. And instead of you just buying a bunch of shirts, hope you sell them. We'll do this online store, and we'll sell them online for two or three weeks. And then at the end of it, I'll cut you a check for your profit. I'll give you the shirts, and then I'll give you the file, the Excel spreadsheet, and you make sure everybody gets their shirt. And I, we've probably done 70-plus web stores yeah. within the last year and a half. And that and, shirt,
0: Eric, got had you make for him for during the pandemic. That's one of my favorite shirts. I yeah. wear it as much as I can if it's clean. And,
2: and the two the t- – the cigar business has been really good to get us connected to the community. Yeah. The t-shirt business has been fantastic to get us connected to the businesses in the community. We print and do embroidery for a ton of businesses. Not only downtown and around Jasper, but I ship stuff off to Florida and Tennessee and everywhere else every week. We, we, we ship anywhere and everywhere. You Man, do I- merch for
0: a rather viral internet superstar
2: i remember you showed me that and i was like holy crap oh yeah yeah so we do all diamond dave stuff the hillbilly trailer part (laughs) ninja,
0: and i will tell
2: you he's an interesting character I, i i text back and forth with him the other day we've caught we've talked to one another a few times but it's mainly just been texting back and forth and there's a lot of put on, there's a lot of fake, but there's a whole lot of real. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's got to come from a genuine oh, yeah. spot Di- at
2: some point. Diamond Dave, Diamond Dave really does live in a trailer park outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. I remember the first time <laughs> I got connected with him. I just reached out. A friend of mine posted one of his videos. He gets like millions of views on his uh-huh. videos. He's been yeah. on Jerry Springer four or five times. And I was, uh, I was at home one Sunday morning, and somebody, uh, one of my friends of mine, has shared one of his videos. And he's been around for like 12, 14 years. And I thought, man, there's Diamond Dave. I ain't seen Diamond Dave in a long time. And it, you know, it a funny little video and everything. And, and I got to scrolling through his personal Facebook page. And I was looking, I thought, I wonder if he ever sells any t shirts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I looked,
2: and I didn't see anything. And so I thought, it's a long shot. I'm just going to see. And so I sent him a little message through Facebook. I said, hey, brother, you uh, ever think about selling t shirts? And he messaged me back. And he's like, man, he said, I used to sell a lot of t shirts. I love selling t shirts. He said, I don't have time to fool with T-shirts. He said, if I had somebody that would fulfill the orders for me, I'd do it. And I said, well, brother, I just started doing these web stores. <laughs> and uh, I said, here's what I'll do. I'm going to create some, And if you like it, we'll roll with it. And if you don't, I'll just shut it down. No, no worries. No, there's no commitment or anything. He said, all right, go with it. And so I bought the v- domain name, NinjiStore.com. So I own the Beautiful. Ninja store. Beautiful. <laughs> ninja store. N-I-N-J-Y store. dot store.com. And so got the website going, built the website, built a little web store, put four or five different designs on there. Like don't be a trailer park pot liquor, and, you know, different <laughs> stuff and some hat Judy chop, all this stuff. Don't go Judy chopping. But nobody needs Judy chopping. Yeah. Don't go ninja, <laughs> Nobody don't need ninja, And so we put all that on the web store and, um, and just and I called him up and I said, "Hey, look, brother, it's done. Go to it. Call me. Let's talk. If you want to do it, we'll do it. And If you don't, I, I said. Basically, I'll do all the work. I'll print all the shirts. I'll ship all the shirts, and I'll cut you a, a percentage of everything we sell." And he got we got on the phone. He's like, "Oh, this is fantastic." The deal with Dave is he's a, he's a kind guy. He's a, he's a super nice guy. He's just not real focused. <laughs> i'd have never guessed oh yeah and so <laughs> you know he's got his he's a contractor he's got his own little business thing and he gets in trouble and gets drama and all kind of stuff from time <laughs> to time but you know i've told him i've seen him samples of everything that's how i know he lives in a trailer park i said like, i need your address so i can ship you some samples and he sent me his address and i like google Earthed it and i'm like I don't need to read. he really does live in a trailer park <laughs> right there's his trailer and so uh <laughs> sent him all the stuff and i'm like I said, brother, we'll sell as many t-shirts as you want to. I said, I can't sell them. That's your deal. I said, but if you'll pro- if you'll push it, you'll promote it. Mm-hmm. We'll both make some money, and it'll be awesome. And so he goes through seasons where he does really well with it, and then he goes through seasons we just don't sell nothing. Like right before Christmas, we sold 100 shirts. And here's the crazy thing. We sell crap all over the country. <laughs> it's not like everybody from Tennessee and Arkansas I'm talking people from California from New York from Washington people from all over the country I don't know how in the world they find it <laughs> but they buy these shirts and these hats and I just ship stuff everywhere and, uh, and and so we got a little system going on I just gotta I just gotta I gotta get back I, you know he told me one time he's like I thought man I gotta get you come down here for Foothills Festival that'd be awesome he said oh yeah brother I'd do it and I am like I don't know if that'd be a good idea. <laughs> anyway, so we might get Diamond Dave to come to town one day and hang out with us and do an event. We'll, we'll see. I'd love to try to pull that off. But, uh, so, yeah, that, that's an interesting little deal. So, we, we we put stuff out there from time to time, some new stuff. And so, everybody can check it out. And you can order it online or you can come by the store. And I'll just print you a shirt. Listen, I'll <laughs> sign up for a Ninja Star throwing class in the smoke lounge
0: <laughs> right. right now.
2: That's exactly right.
0: So you do, like you even do like small orders. Like uh, I know when you uh, you said you're running low on the bottomland hats. Yeah, I was like I texted you. I was like, hey, can you do like two of them? Yeah. just for Shane and me. And you're like, yeah. And I was like, sweet. So it's yeah. like even if
2: you want something custom, like, yeah, with embroidery, we don't have any minimums, so we'll do whatever you want. Uh, screen printing, we have very low minimums, 12. You know, yeah. you'll do at least 12 shirts because it just takes a long time to set up the equipment for, for printing. So we've got to do at least a minimum of 12 to make it worth our time. But with embroidery, once we have your art, we get it digitized, we have it ready, it's in the system. You come in, you pull the hat off the shelf, we sew it out for you, you're ready to roll. I so, love that. Yeah. yeah. And um, like I said, we've got, you know, Richardson 112 is very popular hats and they're hard to get. Like right now, I checked earlier today and uh, Richardson makes like 91 different color combinations. Jeez. I think there was three in stock. Goodness. So what I have to do is is I just, whenever they get in, because so, inventory so nuts right now, so if they get a popular color in stock, like charcoal front, white back, they'll put it in one of the warehouses. Like <clears throat> right the other morning, uh, they had one <clears throat> And they had like seventy five hundred pieces and it's 6 30 in the morning and so i bought like six or eight dozen of them by nine o'clock they has gone dang and they ain't had them since so i'm just constantly looking and so we've got a lot of hats in stock in the store right now that you can't get anywhere else because they're just not available so we carry mainly Richardson 112 we carry the wupoon wupong whatever you say it the yp classic <laughs> hats carry the outdoor caps, uh, and we can do embroidery. We can do we can do patches, leather yeah. patches like this. We get those done, and uh, so yeah, we can do just about anything you want uh, as far as hats are concerned. And then uh, screen printing, we screen print t shirts, sweatshirts, long sleeve, whatever you got, we can knock it out. Yeah, that's a uh,
1: might have some business coming your way here pretty soon on a patch hat.
0: Yeah, but yeah. We're yeah. we're talking about setting up an online store for our next venture yeah. for the next podcast that's coming out uh, next week. By the way, yeah, uh, we're going to do that, and hopefully, it takes off. Absolutely, because I know you told me it's like set up an online store. That's a lot easier than printing, sitting on merch. Like you yeah. asked me how many t shirts I had left. I was like five, and they're right. all, they're all smalls.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and the good thing about our online stores is, I mean, we we have to put a limit on. I mean, we run it for like two or three weeks and then we'll shut it down. But you might shut it down for a month or two and then we can crank it right back up with a new yeah. design. Sell it for two or three weeks, shut it down, crank it back up with another new design. But um, what that does is it gives us time to order the shirts, print the shirts, you distribute the shirts, and, and then, and then kind of settle down for a minute and then crank it back up. And it yeah. builds excitement too because it's like Here's this limited edition shirt. We're only going to have right now. You got three weeks to get. it. If you don't get it, it's never going to be around again. And so it gets everybody excited about buying it. Instead of just being up there all the time, they get it anytime. Let you be a marketing genius. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I'm just a hungry hustler's all I am. Right. Just I mean, you run that's two way to businesses,
0: be. so like, how do you balance that out? <laughs> because like, and here's what here's what was crazy. The first time I ever went in to talk to Sean, I think your wife, it was your wife, I think, was in there. And I said, uh, hey, I'm here to see Sean. And she was like, okay, let me text him. He's right over there. And I was like. And then I put two and two together. I was like, oh, he he runs both these places. Yeah. And then he just walked right in through the door. I was like, that was fast. (laughs) Hey, I'm Drake.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we, so we're, like I said before, we're blessed to have some really good employees. I mean, we couldn't do it without them. And so. You know, we have one full-time person, BJ, that works at the cigar shop. BJ's been with us since, since the beginning. And he, uh, he works like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And so he's off on Wednesday and Friday. So me and my wife, Patty, are almost always at the store on Wednesday or Friday for, uh, most weeks. And we're around all the time. But we're always there because BJ's off. And then we have two girls that are full-time, t t-shirt shop. And the t-shirt shop's open Monday through Friday. And they're there every day, all day. Um, but my primary job, teacher, the cigar business is easy as far as the work you have to do. You basically, you get inventory in, you process, you put it in there, you keep the place clean, you make sure every, everything's, uh, you know, the humidors are filled up and all that. And other than that, it's just taking care of customers. Somebody comes in, you get up, you're friendly, you help them buy a cigar, you check them out, and then you may not do nothing for another hour till the next guy comes in. So it's, it's not as is intense and doesn't take as much of my time as the t-shirt shop does. T-shirt shop, I got two ladies working full time, and I have to stay ahead of them because I do all the ordering, I order all the shirts, I do all the artwork, I get all the screens ready, I do all that stuff and interact with most of the customers. So if I'm not on it every day, then they don't have anything to do, and so it takes a lot of my time there. So. Yeah. The, the, the cigar business, we're blessed that it's not as hard to run as a T-shirt shop. A t-shirt shop is, uh, is a beast. And uh, so we're, um, you know, we're hoping to hire more people uh, in the future to take some of the stuff I do off of me to where we can, you know, be a little more um, management role instead of hands-on role as much as we are. And then, uh, you know, long term, our goal is maybe open up another store, yeah, another cigar uh, store, I mean, yeah,
0: I mean, the cigar store like it caters to pretty much like one type of demographic, and then the t-shirt stores you got anywhere from businesses to churches to like you said, local fundraisers or whatever, yeah, so I can see that keeps you far busier, it's crazy, <laughs> crazy, Ig- okay. ignorant podcasters, mm-hmm. you know. We, hey that's us we'll see you every now and then <laughs> yeah but yeah. that's a is there any like advice you would give to somebody that wants to like at least start one business
2: yeah i mean because i learned a ton and if i could go back and do it all over again and like i said we're, we're hoping one day to maybe start another cigar store and we were in another town maybe in coleman and uh and and I feel like that I will do it so much better than I've done what I've already done because I've learned so much. But the probably the biggest thing is uh, you have to treat a business like your children, okay? I think where most businesses fail is they expect too much out of them too, too, too soon because you can't start – I don't care what the business is. You cannot start a business and think you're immediately going to start making money. Yeah. Because the truth is, you ain't going to make no money. You're probably going to lose money for the first two or three years uh, before you start making money. And it's just like, a, you know, you, you have a family, you have a kid, and that you bring that baby home from the hospital. That baby's cute, and you love it, and you, you're glad it's there but it ain't doing anything to serve the household. <laughs> yeah. All it does is poop and cry and consume. And it doesn't do anything. It takes time to get it to the point to where it can like wipe its own tail and feed its own self. And then you got to grow it a little bit more to where it mow the grass. And it's like, okay, you're earning, you keep a little uh-huh. bit now, yeah. <laughs> at least you're mowing the grass and you got a bedroom for that. So you're doing that, and then they get to where they get the little side job, get to make their own money, and, and they get independent, and then finally they're on their own. Well, it's the same kind of deal with a business. Most time when people start a business, they want to immediately think they can start pulling money out of it. Yeah. And they, and they kill it. And, and a business takes time to grow and get to the point to where it's self-sufficient and it starts making money to where you can make a little bit out of it. So that's probably the biggest thing that I would take away from what I've learned and I've been fortunate to have the t-shirt business to make a living with as we started the, the, the cigar shop because there's no way we could have made a living, a living off that from the beginning because, yeah. I mean, my goodness, it takes a lot of money to buy the cigars. And y'all, if y'all been in our store, I, I am, uh, I don't know how you describe it. I'm a terrible interior decorator, but I love doing <laughs> it. I love buying <laughs> stuff and decorating the store. And I've got like, all kind of taxidermy stuff and all kind of crazy stuff hanging on the wall and all that stuff's expensive. And so yeah. you buy it and accumulate it and then you sit back and you're like, well, I can't put nothing else on the wall. Everything's, <laughs> everything's covered up. And so, all right, we're done. And so now this is complete. And, uh, and you know, and so as your business grows, you have less and less expenses. So you have more and more profit. So that's probably the biggest thing. Be patient and, and don't starve your business to death. Yeah. And I like I like the inside of your shop, the cigar shop, because
0: it it's all conversational pieces. Like it's not yeah. just a random fancy piece of art thrown up where somebody from Mark county definitely will not know where it's from. You know, it's it's something relatable. Yeah, and that's what I love about every place here. Like you know, in Tallulah, they got like Harry Potter posters, yeah. and stuff in the bathrooms and stuff. I'm like that's relatable. I'm yeah. glad I'm here with some harry potter fans
2: I, I i get i get a hard time from some of my friends because i've actually if you and most people i'm probably one of the few people that even know it's there because i put it on the wall but i've got like little like you'd see in a museum kind of plates that screw to the wall that's got like a piece of paper that describes what you're looking at so if you if you really pay attention you look, you'll see that there's like six of them scattered around the store. <laughs> because I don't just put a bunch of random stuff. To me, everything tells a story. And so, like, like, for instance, I've got the wall in between the TVs. I've got, I call it my Walker County Wall of Fame. So all those pictures and those autographs are people that are from Jasper that made it big, like Butterbean and Michael Rooker and, uh, you know, Goober and all these guys, people that the out of town people when they come in and they see that that's something i'm proud of you yeah. know it's like hey i'm from jasper and so are these people yeah, yeah. and they're like i had no clue and i told us like, you know i really didn't have a clue either <laughs> until i started doing <laughs> some investigating in it, and you know it's kind of neat so it, it, it lets me tell a story about jasper because all these people are from jasper and it kind of it kind of builds pride of you know where we're from and then you know Smith Lake's a big part of Jasper, so I have a big boat hanging on the ceiling, and I have autographed bill dance, cap, <laughs> old fishing a huge stuff. Huge fan of bill dance. All kind of crazy stuff like that. And then I play music, so I got a corner, it's got all these musical instruments, and then uh, I all the drinks die at Sundrop, and so I have a lot of Sundrop memorabilia everywhere. And then I don't hunt nothing, but I love taxidermy. Yeah. And so I got all kind of crazy taxidermy. That's true art. Oh, man. That's what I, I tell my wife. It's 3D art is what it is. And yeah. so, you know, it's kind of fun. I can tell the stories about where I've got those things. I didn't kill them. I tell people that I killed that one. <laughs> Moose in Nauvoo. That's where I killed that one with a <laughs> pocket knife. <laughs> Run at me. And then I've got like some, we got some sports memorabilia. But all those guys I have sports memorabilia, I, I know those guys. I worked with them. You know, I've, I've known them. They've come in stores. So it's not just random sports people I got on the wall. I've got Dabo Sweeney's autograph because I used to work with Dabbo Sweeney. We worked together for like two, three years. And so. How crazy is that guy? Where at? Uh, it, and when I was in the shopping center development business. Okay. And so we worked together. He's a super guy. And I hadn't seen or talked to him since he left us. He actually left us to go work at Clemson took a pay cut. Really? <laughs> yeah, because he was an assistant coach, but he's doing quite well now. Yeah. He's not struggling at all. But, you know, it's not just random stuff. It's all stuff that tells a story, and it, and it helps me to create conversation with the people that come in.
0: And that's special because it shows – it really shows how well-versed people in Walker County are. Like, you think people in Walker County don't leave their yards – for some reason. I don't know why the stigma about that is there. Yeah. But it shows like people actually get out and try to do things and have met people. Yeah. So you like knowing Dabo Sweeney, working with him. I didn't know that. That's yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, I like whooping his butt in football, but I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs>
1: I like when he returns to favor.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bear Bryant's always looking over Shane's shoulder. That's what I love about our setup. In here. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Kills me.
2: Yeah. I got, a, I got an autograph of Bear Bryant in our shop, too. Hey. There you go, Rota. Rota. I'm going to pay time. for
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've created a culture with the cigar box. And you've, yeah. You've created a community with goatees. That's yeah. two things we're big on here is culture and community. Right. And downtown Jasper has its own culture now. And that's what I love so oh, much about it. Like, I grew yeah. up in an Empire where there's... There was community, but there wasn't much culture. Right. Well,
1: you brought it up earlier about Coleman and Jasper and the similarities. You know, I didn't want to leave Coleman and just come shop at Jasper's Walmart. Right. Now, especially with Coleman getting rocked the South, do you see Jasper kind of playing catch up with what we're doing downtown?
2: I think... Jasper definitely has some advantages over Coleman in some things. And tasty music versa. at foothills for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the biggest thing is is um like our downtown area is one of the best around. And it's because like we still got a lot of family and friends in Coleman and we do a lot of events in Coleman and, and do stuff in Coleman, um, with the cigar business over there. And uh, and it's nice over there, but it's so spread out. Yeah. You know, like I said, we're hoping to open up a cigar store in Coleman one day. You know, that, that would be fantastic. But I was talking to some friends of mine the other day. I'm like, where in the world would I put it? Because it's everything's so spread out. And it's that's so complicated to try to figure out. Where Jasper, that was a no-brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going downtown. We're going to be on Main Street. Because you can go to downtown Jasper, park anywhere, and go everywhere. Yeah, it's a fact. And you can spend a whole evening, you know... I remember we've been here for a long time now, and I remember when my my son was in high school, he uh, him and his buddies would go to downtown Jasper after five o'clock and ride their skateboards up and down Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing down there; no, nothing everything's closed. There. Yeah, five nice. o'clock, it's done. in the graveyard. Out. Yeah, you can't do that now. Nope. You I mean, ran I, ran there's <laughs> no way I would I would open a cigar store six years ago downtown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but, proud of where we came. From. Man, I'm telling Absolutely. you, it is came a long way and we've got nothing but to be proud of that yeah. and so I look forward to what else is coming you know and I, I hope it just continues to grow and and it does, it does create a buzz because I remember again six eight years ago everybody would you know the weekend we're going to Birmingham or we're going to Decatur or we're going to Huntsville or we're going out of town to do date night or whatever and now we got people coming to Jasper you know which is kind of weird you know it's like <laughs> It just completely flipped. It was for everybody trying to get out of town. To now everybody's coming to us kind of thing. And I think the biggest challenge for for Jasper is to continue to cultivate that, to yeah. grow that, and to promote that. Because we have people all the time, especially with the lake and out of town people coming to the lake. We have people all the time come downtown. They're like, I had no clue. I yeah. had no clue all this stuff was down here.
0: Let me tell you. I am hard pressed to go to Birmingham to eat. Like, there's still some favorite restaurants I'll go to. But when you got BlackRock, Johnny Brusco's, Main Street, Taqueria, Los Reyes, like, why? Yeah. It's five minutes over here away from me. So, why do I need to spend 40 oh, minutes of my seven, day driving? Because I value my time. So, why am I going to spend 40 more minutes hey, and, driving and, somewhere? I and, don't remember
2: the last time I drove to Birmingham with the intentions of going out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we've got lots of options now. You yeah. just not have any options. You know, it's fast food or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, Ooh, going Burger to Waffle
1: King, House. <laughs> Taco Bell, KFC, or McDonald's. What do y'all want tonight? Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> and so it's it, it's exciting to see that. Um, and then Foothills has been growing every year. Uh, some of the stuff that we're doing to try to get outside the four walls of our store and get out in the community to help draw attention to us is we've been trying to do like a... Um, events outside of the store so like we've been doing uh once a month we do an event with a restaurant in coleman it's like a bourbon and cigar night it's a little restaurant over there called dreyer's and that's been a cool thing we've done stuff with coleman chamber commerce and looking at doing some festivals over there we're looking at trying to maybe I, I gotta reach out to him again and work out the details but we're hoping maybe have a, a booth at mule day in winfield I love yeah. Mule Day. I'm a huge I'm fan of Mule Day. It'd be huge <laughs> huge and, fan of Mule Day. And and you know, there's other festivals in Haleville and different places that we could set up and sell cigars and people be like, what where's that at? And you tell and then you not only tell about the cigar store, but you say, Oh, we got this, 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 we got mm, the breweries, yeah. we got the restaurant, we got all this stuff. Like uh one thing we're real excited and a little nervous about, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a tent at Rock South next weekend. Are you? Oh yeah, it's gonna be huge and and so i mean we'll be in front of fifty thousand people yeah and most of them people don't know who we are Mm -hmm. and so that's just another opportunity to point back and say hey look we're from jasper come on down and and we always do a big deal for foothills festival so um we're just trying real hard to to promote not only our business but jasper as a whole and look at what we've got going on here and it's really is a a neat place to come visit and check out and so we'll see how it goes. Just take your earbuds to listen to some better music. Yeah. Was that?
0: that Rock that? the South? Yeah. Oh,
2: I know what you yeah, said. For the Rock the South. Not yeah. not
0: foothills. We got some rockers
2: coming here. Oh yeah, foothills is gonna be good. Uh, Rock the South. I've never been to Rock the South. The You've guys that the guys that put it on are good friends of mine. I grew up with them, yeah. and every year they're like, "Hey, come to Rock South," and it's just like this year it just worked out where we could do it. But and it's not because I'm against whoever they have; it's that I'm against heat. And uh and dying of heat. Just yeah,
1: reschedule for this year. Well
2: people are gonna be hurting. <laughs> it's gonna be hot. Yeah. It's gonna uh-huh. be really hot. And so the only reason I'm excited about it this time is because at least I'll have a tent and I can get under the tent and get it some kind of shade. And I was at Home Depot today trying to Figure out what fan I'm gonna buy. to have it. My tent. I was gonna say I don't
1: know. I don't know if the mist those little mist fans. Yeah, I don't know if that'll mess with the cigars. You might just need to have like one little corner of your tent set up
0: for it. But you, let me tell you, when we stayed in Wyoming and Idaho, yeah, uh, this past June, they had these fans. weren't, I mean, look like your desk fans, like small. It's called a tornado because these places, oh, these places did not have air conditioning. Yeah, because. They're just ready for winter. Right. This room the these fans would cool off a room fifteen degrees in five minutes. Wow. It's called a Vornado. So I've checked that out I've it's heard. It's like of seventy that. bucks for a little fan. But it works. That'd be what worth matters. it. You might need that. Yeah,
2: yeah. It'd be worth it. If not, just get a BAF a big fan. <sighs> <laughs> I got I, I gotta do something because I'm not looking forward to the heat. So you know Shane Quick and all them up there? Oh yeah. Okay. yeah I've known Shane for a long time and uh Grew up with him and know a lot of the other guys as part of it. And so, yeah, we are just, I mean, every year we'd talk about it and just either scheduling wouldn't work or just didn't have the money to invest in it. And yeah. this year we're just like, screw it, we're going to do it. We
0: <laughs> so were going we to do a, a tent at Foothills this year. And yeah. then I end up, I'm not going to be here one night. Flaking. So uh, he ended up well, flaking In all fairness, my, my favorite band ever is playing the Robin in Nashville for the first time. Okay, I got to be there for that. Got to do that. Yeah, I love local. I love Jasper, but this is uh twelve years.
2: (laughs) Been wait culmination. Yeah, been waiting. Got to go. So uh, yeah, I love what you're doing, man. Like, hey, we're we're just glad to be a part of it. And like I said, probably the biggest thing, I was on staff at a church here for four or five years. Yeah, and and that was a great experience, and I wouldn't give anything for it. But I have, and, and we made a lot of friends with that but I never expected to make the friends I made since we moved downtown and opened these businesses. You know, it's just opened up a whole nother, another level of people that we've got to meet and hang out with. Yeah. And it's just been a ton of fun. You know, we've, we've enjoyed it and glad to be a part of it. That's what I love about, especially here in Jasper
0: since downtown is growing is the amount of people we've met and sitting here talking for an hour two hours like we feel like we've known you for years mm-hmm. yeah and you know the few times you and i've talked i'm like man like we don't talk every day but i consider
2: sean a friend like, yeah, absolutely like, he's gonna get my business that's for sure <laughs> we appreciate it we, we just try to take care of people yeah. you know i mean you uh every customer to me i don't care if they're buying ten dollars worth something or twenty five hundred dollars worth something they all important and we treat them the same and, you know, we're going to take care of them best we can. And I've always, you know, felt like that if you do that as a business, then it's going to pay off in the yeah, long run. You absolutely. take care of people, they take care of you. And and be genuine about it, not not fake about it. But you really do. I mean, we love people and love to be able to hang out and minister to people. And so I think it uh, comes back full fo- fourfold on that. So
0: yeah. That's why I love, like, I think small-town businesses. Anybody owns a business you should be greeted and talked to on a different plane, like the same playing field, not yeah. different, because you don't have to say, oh, this is my business, and you're just a customer. Like you yeah. got to treat them as equals, and that's what I think small town aura has about it, is you feel like they're your friends, so you feel more invested in their business and more likely to give them your money. Because Absolutely. i got news for you. If I walk in somewhere and I'm treated like trash, Ain't going back. You ain't getting another dollar from me. You probably ain't and, getting
2: one to begin with. And and you know we do sell cigars, but more than that, we sell an experience. You know, it's a, it, because you can buy cigars online. Yep. you know, And we have we have people coming every now and then. They're like, well, "I can buy this cigar cheaper online," and I'm like, "Yeah, can you smoke online?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Well, no." I'm like, well brother, there's the difference, you yeah, know. You're waiting two
1: to five business days. Uh, and give me that a, give, and give me an extra dollar seventy five and you can enjoy this thing <laughs> yeah, right now. I mean
2: you can buy and go smoke it right there, you know? <laughs> and and our prices are very comparable to anything online, but you know, people just so, sometimes you have people come in and it's like they try to Jew you down and everything. And it's like you gotta understand you're not just buying a cigar, you're buying the whole package. Yeah. You know, it's you're you're buying the whole experience and we think that if you'll uh, take the business that you're giving to somebody online that really don't care about you and focus that business somewhere local that they really do care about you, that it will pay off. Because guess who's going to write a check for your ball team? Yeah, uh, It ain't exactly. going to be that online person Yeah. Now. That online person ain't going to tell
0: you their personal experience with that cigar. No. Because mm-hmm. the reviews no. are mostly just pissed off people that didn't get what they wanted. That's so right. So you'd rather get an honest review for somebody you so kind of trust from the same area.
2: You take care of people, they take care of you. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, but That's yeah, what we do here in Walker County. We have a lot of good people. And, yes. And I'm proud. You know, I never thought I would live here. But I can't think of anywhere else I'd want to live because we've just, we've really got really grounded here and and made a lot of good friends and had no desire to go anywhere else. That's what it's about right there. That's yeah.
0: what, especially since Shane came on, when he first started on here, I was like, look, this is about meeting people, talking to people, supporting whatever they do. Yeah. So. You know, like I said, I don't smoke cigars, but I'm going to buy some T-shirts and hats from
2: you. <laughs> right. I'm, and you can come hang out. I'm yeah. stalking
1: the socials I, now,
0: waiting on that old gringo to
1: come That's
2: in. right. Old gringo's kind of, look, my mom comes and hangs out with me every now and then. She don't smoke nothing. She's got asthma. She don't smoke <laughs> nothing. But you she come just hang out every now and then. So you can come just hang out sometime. Yeah. Because we'll have when, you know, ball season, football cranks up, we'll have the ball games on and all that kind of stuff, so. You don't have to smoke to come hang out. Come, get, right. you, come get your hair did. I like it. Man. My beard trimmed. Mm-hmm. There you go. I was about to say,
1: you need to talk to whoever's taking care of that thing right there, because that Travis is one, one of the most enough. conditioned, groomed,
0: just beautiful beards I've seen in a while. I'm pretty sure the first thing I said, Sean, like when we first met person to person, like I complimented him on his beard. I was like, the, that is well, even, And even more than the beard, though, I feel like maybe the mustache
1: doesn't get as much credit as it, as it deserves. Because that mustache is on an entire other level.
0: You could shave your whole beard and still have the best mustache in Walker County. I it it would be interesting that. for sure.
2: <laughs> that was just, the, yeah. People come in all the time and say, what do you do with me? I said, I don't touch it. I yeah. said, a guy in the back, I, I, he takes care of it. And I use these products that we have here. And, and I don't mess with it. That was the first thing I noticed
1: part. when he got out of the truck, I opened that door up and I saw that mustache. I was like, <laughs> my God,
0: this is going to be a great day. Shane, <laughs> walk, Shane walked to the door. He said, somebody's here. And I was like, I guess it's Sean. He's like, <laughs> well, it's either somebody here to steal your bumper or it's him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we love what you're doing, Sean. Man,
2: I, I appreciate what y'all are doing. And Because appreciate- this is another good way of, because unless somebody comes in and sit down and let me tell the story, they're not going to hear the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what y'all are doing is helping get the stories, not only of my business and what I do, But other people's businesses and what they do, getting out there for more people at least have the opportunity to listen to it. And if they listen to it, then they're like, well, I want to go down there and check that out. I had no idea that was going on.
0: I think it comes from a sense of both of us left for extended periods of time. Mm Yeah. And we came back. And, you know, you're talking about somebody saying, like, you always come back or whatever. You know, I had had this one friend. He would always say, no matter what, no matter how far away you move, you're going to end up back here. Well, I mean, he was right, but I don't live in Empire anymore. Right. But, you know, I'm back in Marker County, and it's like I told James Phillips, I was like, you couldn't pay me to move unless it was to Wyoming. Because yeah. I fell in mm-hmm. love with that place. Yeah. But other than Marker County, nowhere's home, and I'm not more invested in any other community than what I am, what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, and the longer you're here, the more
2: invested you get.
0: So yeah. it's like Shane had his first uh, taco from. Main Street Tacos, yeah, a while oh, back. shout out to our PTJ One bots. Check that out. Yeah, he, uh, this is a good taco. It's a great it was taco, a phenomenal taco. And it's local I people. No doubts that I could eat fifteen of them and feel fantastic. <laughs> it's people from. Yeah. It's people from Jasper, and that's what you know. I, I'm here to support people right. from Walker Absolutely. County everywhere.
2: And there's so many good things about Jasper. So there's, many. There's so many th- good things about Walker County, and
0: people just don't tend to calm over the bad things right i mean there's at, bad things everywhere you go exactly. chicago is my favorite city in america yeah. like big
2: city but you don't hear the good stuff you on eat, tv you, all you hear is bad stuff exactly and it's the same with anything you don't hear you don't hear good stuff about anywhere you always hear bad stuff exactly <laughs> negative sales so that's why it's important what y'all are doing because y'all are focusing on the good stuff i try
0: that's
1: what we're trying to do yeah
0: now mm. It's when part word of I'm my Southern mad. comes out, you're going to hear about the stuff we we're mad about. That's <laughs> <laughs> more but, of the yeah. unfiltered version. There you but, go. Uh, where can they find all your socials and everything? Where can they find you at? Where's, well, downtown uh, and everything yeah, else?
2: Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the the challenge with us on social media with the cigar shop is, is we can't boost and promote stuff because we're tobacco. Yeah. Which is sense. aggravating. But... So if they just go to the the cigar box jasper for Instagram or Facebook, they can follow us there. We post all day every day. Yep. And they can keep up with us there and if they come in the store and get signed up on our email list, um, we send out an email maybe once a month kind of tell about what we got going on. As far as uh, and then you go to the cigar box jasper.com for our website. As far as t-shirt shop it's shopgoatees.com. And it's Facebook, it's Shop Goatees, and I think Instagram, it's GoTees screen printing. Uh, but we post all day, every day on that too. I
0: was gonna say I really, because you know, like I, I took classes on social uh, social media. I really appreciate GoTees' social media game because, it's like,
2: every couple of hours, you see whatever they're done printing. Yeah, it's uh, on there, and and that took a lot of discipline because we used to not do that. But you know, our thinking was, you know, what's the best advertisement we can do to promote the T-shirt shop? Well take a picture of everything we do yeah. yeah and what it does not only is it is it shows everybody what we can do but it really puts the pressure on us to do it good yeah there you go because you do crap and put it online everybody's like hey, everybody's i don't gonna start that. dragging <laughs> that you get the one
0: star reviews really
2: quick <laughs> that's right and your so,
0: etsy store is closed yeah
2: so we we've been real blessed with that and just uh yeah, you just have to nobody's gonna promote your business like you do. Exactly. And so you just have to stay after it and our team is good about posting stuff and sharing stuff and so that's the best best way to follow us and or just come by the store. Yeah. I mean we're, you we're got there. displays right there in the
0: window too. Yeah. So if yeah, you don't guys. want, if you don't have a cell phone, somehow you're listening to this. I don't know. <laughs> Bought
2: by goatees, you'll see there at work. Yeah, and we're <laughs> right there on Main Street, right across from City Hall. You got Young Jewelers, then the T-shirt shop, then there's a yoga studio, and then the cigar shop. So I mean, it's, so that's where you were that day. You were doing yoga. Yes. Okay. Goat yoga. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have a clue what kind of yoga. Yeah. They do. Sweetest little old lady that runs that thing, and I hardly ever see her. She's there like early in the morning. And then some afternoons. And I catch her every now and then, talk to her, and wave at her. But, yeah, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's all right there close together.
0: Shane tried getting me to, like, do yoga one time. You I'm a
2: huge proponent on yoga. I love it. it. Because I'm I used really to that.
0: do stretches and stuff all the time since I played golf and stuff. So I was yeah. always real flexible. Now I'm older, it don't work as well. That's what you think. <laughs> and
1: I'm telling you, you start with the beginner classes. And before you know it, you're going to be – full <laughs> down like palms on the ground toe touches with your knees straight as a board and you're like how did i get here
0: oh yeah. uh, it don't make sense but it feels amazing <laughs> sean i'm am so glad we finally got
2: to do this man and y'all just come down and hang out with us yeah. well, you guys oh, yeah. come down and hang out
0: and we appreciate everything you've done for us as well as far as on the merch side too absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah.
2: we all got to help out one day. that's right that's what we got to do yeah my job is making you look good so you sell more stuff, you come back and buy more stuff. That's right. I love it. <laughs> it love all it. rolls around. <laughs> now that we're back, we're
0: probably gonna be coming and buy more stuff or at least setting an up an online store. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Folks, uh, go check out the cigar box and goatees for your T shirt needs, or if you like cigars, definitely go check out the cigar <laughs> box. But uh, we thank Sean for his time. This is season four's premiere. We will be back in two weeks. Shane, guess what? That jar's not empty.
1: Pass that thing
0: around. Love your neighbor. Talk to someone different than you. We're so glad to be back. We will see y'all next time on Pass the Jar.